listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Right, welcome to another amazing episode of Woman of Strength. And as you all know, you amazing women who are listening out there, Woman of Strength is all about showing up as our real selves and showing up as the raw person that we are and raw meaning real, authentic and wild. And today I have another amazing guest as usual and I'd like to welcome Dr. Gladys Alto. Welcome Gladys or Dr. Gladys. Dr. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, and so am I. Now, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Dr. Gladys. And so Dr. Gladys was born in rural California, where being invisible was her main goal to ward off bullying peers. Dr. Gladys has learned to be invisible no more. After a successful career as a high education executive leader, psychotherapist and consultant, she founded Bridging Consciousness, a personal development website that helps you rise above life's challenges and step into the limelight of your life. She mentors the next generation of thought leaders to grow their personal brand and reputation in the field of personal development, wellness and spirituality and leadership. In order to overcome several hardships and losses that left her secretly suffocating in a pool of depression, anxiety, and low self-worth for over two decades and burned out at 35, she has infused her life with one of the things she lacked inside, love. Once she did, she transformed from being a sacred Latino girl to becoming the first doctor of clinical psychology in her family the president of the National Hispanic University, the first four-year university in the U.S. for Latinos, board president of the Instituto Familiar de la Raza, I know I've got that wrong, the first Latino mental health agency in San Francisco, and board vice president of Kids Turn, a nonprofit helping families transition through divorce and separation. She uses her losses as doorways to acceptance, understanding gratitude and forgiveness, which is the basis of her new book, The Good Goodbye. With over 30 years of public speaking experience, she inspires her audience as a keynote speaker, panel speaker, and workshop leader of various organizational events. So welcome, Dr. Gladys. What an amazing bio you have. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a crazy journey for sure. <laughs> I can imagine. Now, the first and only real question I ask all of my guests is, can you share with us your journey into becoming a woman of strength? Sure. Well, that journey for me definitely started in childhood. And I'm a big believer that childhood is this rich time of being new to the world, but it's also the formation of a lot of templates of possibility that we then carry with us throughout the rest of our lives. And as you mentioned, you know, I was really motivated to be invisible when I was a little girl. And that was because my world wasn't very safe. So going to school, I was a very easy target uh, for my peers to tease, to bully. 
And on top of that, I was very introverted. So I came into this world very much going inward and feeling safest inward, but then trying to navigate all the, the chaos and the fear that was outside of my world, it really led me to freeze up. And I had a very hard time adjusting to socialization at school. Um, I didn't make friends easily. And so my goal was really to just be invisible. And that for me was the start of an incredible journey of discovery and transformation that started in fourth grade when my dad forced me into competitive public speaking. So I'm an introvert, I'm being bullied, I don't feel safe in the world, I just want to be invisible so that no one pays attention to me. And all of a sudden, I am now going to be in the spotlight where judges are staring at you yeah. and watching every move you make. And it was terrifying. I, it really was something that I remember feeling nauseous every single time I had to go to a competition. And that nausea what led to so much panic and anxiety in my mind that I was either going to vomit on stage, I was going to pee my pants, I was going to throw up, something devastating was going to happen. And yet I had no choice. I had to keep doing this. There was no arguing with my dad or telling him that I didn't want to compete. And that ended up being my saving grace. So through the public speaking experience, I did learn to become more extroverted. And I do consider myself somebody that has both, both the introvert and extrovert mm -hmm. uh, properties. But that gave me a doorway into realizing that I could actually step out there with the message that I designed and speak on behalf of that message to create good in the world. And that's been a big motivator for me is to be of service to humanity in whatever way that that was meant to happen. And that's taken me through an interesting journey of becoming a clinical psychologist, um, going into then mental health consultation, and then finding my way in higher education, which was completely unplanned. I mm -hmm. started to work at a university as a professor because I wanted to keep my feet wet in public speaking. And that then led to an entire career in administrative leadership with my last role being uh, the president of the National Hispanic University. So what started as something terrifying in childhood definitely took me through some twists and turns that led me to where I am today. Wow. Yeah. And there's two things that um, come into my mind lis listening to that story is, you know, one around how we label ourselves you know introvert extrovert we're just being ourselves really aren't we you know True, <laughs> good situations where we feel ultra confident because we're just so connected to who we are and what, what our message is and then there's other situations where i feel that maybe it's not so much lack of confidence it's just we're just still learning so we're just taking information in and so you know sometimes i sort of go oh i don't really want to label myself introvert or extrovert it's just i am being and mm -hmm. the areas that i'm really confident in i, I can speak up and and i love because it's so connected to me um and then the other the other um point that you so was talking about you know how you were forced into this but that journey was actually your savior in a sense is that that resilience isn't that that resilient spirit that we start building on as a child because in some sense we say we have no choice and as children we are defenseless and, and powerless to a certain extent and we do conform to what our parents want but 
part of that builds that resilient spirit in us. And so what was it that you, can you recall like growing up and being told, you know, you have no choice, you have to do this. What was it in you that was going on that was going like, hey, I need to do this. This is so fearful. I'm feeling anxious. You know, I want to vomit, pee my pants. But mm-hmm. something there isn't there. Do you know what, you know, now reflecting back as, as the grown-up, sure. can you look at that and say there was something, you know, in me as a child that was a little bit different to, to other children? Because not every child would have responded in that way. Fear. <laughs> it, it was fear. Yeah. Um, there was there in my household, you you did what your father told you to do. Right. Right. So it was very important for me to please my parents and make them happy. So there's, there were two parts. There was the desire to please and be accepted and loved. And there was another part, which was straight up fear. And I am definitely a proponent that fear is not something that we should be trying to banish or to eliminate in our lives, but rather how do we learn to embrace fear and use the energy of fear to actually get us through those moments that we think are impossible. And I think for me, the, the combination of really wanting to be accepted, be loved, be welcomed, right? Because at school I wasn't. And at Mm. home, it was so important that I feel safe in some environment. So that drive to be of value to other people was a huge, huge motivator for me. Uh, What I've learned through the process, because public speaking is one of those terrifying things for for a lot of people, right? (laughs) Being in front of somebody where you are completely raw, you're vulnerable, you're showing up in, in whatever truth you're showing up with in the moment, I had to learn how to harness that energy in a way to still achieve my outcome. And that is a unique part of me as a person that Mm. I I tell people, you know, I am an expert at finding clarity through chaos. So when I've been in different situations, whether I'm working, uh, when I was a therapist, when I was working with clients uh, one-on-one, or when I was an administrative leader in organizations, there were so many chaotic situations that I was presented with and my ability to see through it and say, okay, this is the objective. This is where we're heading. Now, how do we find a strategy to get there has served me really well in my personal and professional life. But all of it really came from this early place in childhood of really wanting to show up and be valued and loved. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally connect to that because that's a very similar story. Mm. Yeah. To my own. Um, and one of, one of the things that I've um, learned through my education, I'm a therapist too, and, and I study neuroscience and neuroplasticity. And one of the things that um, I work with with my clients and discovered for myself is when we look at fear and excitement, the brain doesn't know the difference. The mind doesn't know the difference. It's got the same chemical reaction in the body. And so it's like, well, let's change that fear to excitement. It's like I feel excited rather than fearful because we're having, you know, the the same responses. So I love finding out more about the mind and and how we build, you know, that resilient muscle. And Mm -hmm. and you're so right that it is about embracing fear because on the other side of fear is like clarity and joy and happiness and we grow, you know, we can only really grow through fear. So what are some of the the key points in, in your life? So you, you know, you had this challenge through your childhood and you stepped up to that challenge. What are other key points in your adult life 
that you look back on and go, well, you know, I'm, I'm stepping into my strength more and more. And I can see this when I reflect back. Yeah, there's two uh, major events that for me really those are the moments where I look at it and I'm like, wow, I, I really had some cojones, you know, in Spanish to get through this and, uh, and really discover just who I am as a woman and how much strength and resilience I actually possess inside. Mm. And the first one um, was in 2003. I was 28 at the time and my mother was 54 years old and she suddenly died of a brain aneurysm. Wow. So, um, you know, the night prior, she had actually come to San Francisco where I currently live. And it was the first time that I had an art open. So I've been a drawer my entire life. I've painted, never taking a painting class. So painting for me is just this like creative process of frustration and excitement around how to paint. But I had an opportunity to have a reception with a friend who was a photographer showing her art. And my parents came. So it was the first time that they were able to see my community and my life here in San Francisco. And at dinner, my dad shared that my mom was planning on going to Mexico for Christmas. And I said, mommy, you can't go to, to Mexico for Christmas. We always spend Christmas together. And she said, really? Well, now you know what it's like to not have me around anymore. Wow. She said anymore. I, I definitely remember this. My boyfriend at the time also you know, verified yeah. that for me. Next morning, um, long story around how she died. It's actually a very poignant story, um, but she ended up uh, having a brain aneurysm and was rushed to the hospital and in transit she died. So it was very unexpected. Um, she was 54, but she had such a really incredible life of hardship. Um, she was born in rural Mexico uh, in complete poverty. She had a very huge family and everybody had to do manual labor in order to survive. They ate what they grew. They didn't have shoes. That was her yeah. life. Um, and she was the first to come to the US to try to create something different for her family. But since the age of six years old, she completely invested in manual labor. Um, so she only had a sixth grade education. and. For 17 years of my life, she had three jobs and literally back to back. So waking up at 10 o'clock at night to go to the graveyard shift, she'd leave there at 8 a.m., head to her next job at 9 a.m. She'd work there until four, come home, start her own cake business out of her home while she's cooking dinner, try to get to bed by six o'clock at night, only to wake up at 10 p.m. and do it again. And she did this for 17 years. So it's not a surprise that she died um, mm. at young but it was also a shock and it was the biggest loss that I've ever had in my life. But the blessing of it um, was at her funeral, I had a miracle happen where I was infused with her spirit and I felt her pure joy and love. Mm. I felt her celebration. I felt her wholehearted acceptance that she was fine where she was at, that this was what was meant to happen, that this was a blessing not only for her, but for our family and that everything was good. Mm -hmm. And it's what for me was the first time that I experienced what I refer to as a good goodbye. And that became the catalyst for me to now start a new chapter without my mom. I was 28 years old and trying to navigate through all the layers of grief and loss and rebuilding my own life without my mother and what does that mean for me as a young woman mm. starting my own career the one thing that anchored me was knowing that i i accepted her death she gave me the gift of acceptance at that funeral and that acceptance allowed me to step into my grieving process in a way where i could explore the depths of my pain 
but I could also reach back out to that moment of celebration that I had at the funeral and navigate the emotional spectrum. Um, that is so important for us to do when we are losing yeah. something. Yeah. So, you know, that, that experience for me set off a number of different changes and losses in my own life. I mean, within four years, I went through a big breakup. I had to move out of our home. The dog that we got you know, went to the ex. My, fit, my friends changed. I had to move locations. Um, mm. Even within my career, I was uh, finishing up getting licensed um, to practice therapy here in California, but even that became too much. And so I went through this big roller coaster of my own change. And at the same time, that drive to just keep moving forward, right? To keep finding the clarity through yeah. all this chaos led yeah. me into these amazing professional opportunities where I got to find my own strength through being a leader. Mm. And that then, you know, fast forward in my career, it led me to the second experience where I really felt that my resilience and strength shine the most is where I was president of the National Hispanic University. And um, shortly after I became president, we learned that the board of directors was considering closing the school. And wow. this was a university that had been around for 34 years. Um, it was grown through pure love of, of a community that really wanted to empower Latinos here in the United States. And yet they, they struggled. Um, and they were at a point now where they had to make a very serious decision. And being new to the university and then being new to this, I, this notion of closure, the only thing I knew how to do was have a good goodbye. And that was because of my experience with my mom. Mm -hmm. So this personal philosophy as to how I approach change and loss all of a sudden became my professional strategy. And through the next two years or year and a half where we closed the doors, I had to lead the entire university community through a closure, but doing it through the grace of a good goodbye, mm. where we would grieve, but we would also celebrate. And we would walk away, hopefully for everybody, with a deeper understanding of why this loss happened, but also being personally and professionally transformed so that we can step into a new chapter, very open and empowered by what we had gone through together. Oh, that's amazing because you're speaking my language. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Now Aww. I'd really, really love to hear more about, you know, your book, The Good Goodbye, because I think it's going to have some amazing gems in it because like you I always see um, when we come to the end of something it's about it is grieving the loss because we can't hold on to that stuff and pretend it didn't happen but it's also oh, yeah. looking at the new chapter and, and the exciting next chapter and what that's going to look like so mm -hmm. um, I think you know the combination of those two emotions because they're at opposite extremes is to be able to find that resilience within us, to be able to manage both of those um, is, I was going to say unique. It's not necessarily unique. I think it's just that um, self-awareness, isn't it? You know, being, being aware that life is a journey and, you know, we are open books and we do get to choose our chapters. We don't always get to choose when one ends because that's when yeah. we go through that grieving process, but we certainly get to choose when the next one starts. So I love that. Yep. Yeah. I'd love you because I've just come to that myself. My marriage has just ended four weeks yeah. ago. Wow. Totally unexpected. Not a chapter oh. in my life that I ever thought would come to an end. It was, you know, it would only end, you know, through death. Mm -hmm. So that was a shock. But 
I've, I've grieved through the process. I'm still grieving, but I'm excited about the next oh, chapter because yes. that's, that's what life is. It's about what have I learned from this experience? I had the most amazing marriage, the most amazing husband, never saw it coming. Um, and so that there is a place to learn and to grow. And for me, I don't know anything about your book and you're going to tell us about that in a moment. <laughs> but for me, it, you know, when you say the good goodbye, that's what I'm experiencing because I can only wow. show love and compassion to my husband. Oh. He made a choice to leave through his own, you know, reasons and I respect those. But I can't feel resentment, hatred or anything like that because for me it was amazing. And so it, oh. it, it is a good goodbye. Whatever that wow. next chapter looks like will that that'll be whatever it will be and we'll create that whether it's you know a future together or apart so it just dovetails nicely and into what is the good goodbye about what can you tell us about about the good goodbye in terms of your book yeah well the good goodbye is an approach that i've put together to help people um, figure out how to navigate change with more ease and it does really help people figure out how to do that in life, love, and work. Because uh, those, are, those are the three big buckets of anything yeah. that brings us <laughs> angst in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so those three areas are ones where I have uh, interviewed a number of people and uh, collected their stories about their own goodbye process. And through those interviews and also a survey that I conducted a couple of years ago, and my own research and just my own experience with goodbyes throughout my career and my life, my, my hypothesis was that the collective story we have around goodbyes is not helping us be able to move on. Yeah. So when you think about goodbyes, right, like what, is, what does goodbye mean to you? If you were to name three words, uh, what would they be for you? In terms of goodbye, um, it would be ending, loss, um, Oh, I don't know. Three. Ending, loss. I suppose new beginning again. That's mm -hmm. always okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so there's recognition of a closure, right? Yeah. And then yeah. losing something. And yeah. when we think about losing something or someone that we value, the emotions that tend to come up around it are yeah. sadness, anxiety, and anger. And those were yeah. the three emotions um, in a survey that were the highest rated. So it was like, it, for me, it was this, God, the story that we have, you know, the collective story that we have points to these emotions that are mm. difficult. The sadness, yeah. the anxiety, and the anger. Where is the celebration? Where is the joy? Where is the gratitude? So the book itself is a compilation, not only of the stories of people going through change and loss, but also how to apply the good goodbye approach so that you are able to experience that paradox of grieving and celebrating at the same time, mm. um, that you are learning some key ways to build up your own resilience to manage the normal stress response to change. Yeah. And also to be able to walk away with a new goodbye story that helps you carry your experience into a new chapter in a way that you're motivated by it, you're empowered by it, you're inspired by it. So you know, your, what you shared with yourself about going through a divorce, everything you said, and I just, I felt it in my heart. It's, there's so much celebration and gratitude that you have for your experience, right? Yeah. yeah. And you're now bringing that energy of celebration and gratitude into a new chapter. 
Absolutely. And yeah. that is so powerful. You know, when mm. we, when we choose what energy we want to bring with us, when we start something new, even if we don't feel it all the time, right. Cause you'll still yeah. go through your oh, ab- process. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> it's not done in one week. And no, you're over no, no. It. <laughs> yeah. When we do that, we, we kind of put a, you know, a stake in the ground to say, this is my intention. I want to get through this to have this desired outcome. Yeah. And then you got to release it all, right? To recognize that your desires are a big part of co-creating with the universe, what you actually experience in life. Yeah. But my hope with this book is that I'm giving people a concrete way of looking at how to navigate change and loss um, in a way that allows us to redefine our collective story about goodbyes Mm. so that we don't fear them as something terrible, but rather we look to them as sacred moments of transition where we have the ability to harness the power and the energy of that transition and use that so that we can propel ourselves forward in the lives in the way that we desire. I love that. Yeah. Sacred moments of transition because it is, I mean, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? And I think that when there is a goodbye, certainly for myself personally, my, I suppose my, my grief is around that, um, the planned future, you know, the vision of the future and and that future is no more. Um, but when I reflect on what I've learned through the experience and what I want to take through to my next chapter, there's actually quite a lot that I actually don't want to take through. So, you know, the learning is, is being incredibly, um, insightful and and i think what your book is going to teach people is amazing because the re I, the reason uh, i was going to say the response it's probably more a reaction mm-hmm. um the reaction that i've had from a lot of my friends around me is you know well you're doing so well through this you know don't you feel devastated Aww. and don't you feel this and don't you feel that and i said yeah absolutely but there's also joy and gratitude like you said because this is just a chapter in my life. I see life as a journey. And I think if more people saw life as a journey um, and that happiness is a journey too, rather than a destination, because so many people see life and happiness as a destination and Mm -hmm. stick at things when things aren't working. Um, And so I'm incredibly proud of my husband for, for showing up and saying, do you know what? This isn't working for me because that takes courage, you know, and as much as I felt devastated when he said, I feel empty, I don't love you anymore, I want out of this marriage, I was like, because oh, our initial reaction is, oh, my God, am I that bad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's her initial, oh, am I so unlovable? Oh, and then yeah. once you get past that, you know, you go, wow, it takes courage. It takes courage to step up and say that because the rest of the world saw us very differently. I saw us very differently. And so, yeah, yeah the good goodbye, I think, is going to be, or is, is so it's already published, it's out? or Not yet, no. Right. So um, I am hoping that it is going to be out in the end of July. Um, I, you know, interestingly, I'm a big believer in, you know, the universe playing a big hand in how our lives unfold. And yeah. uh, 
every yeah. single time that I have put a deadline to this book, yeah. something happened. <laughs> Literally from <laughs> all, I tell yeah. you, all my twin flames, exactly the same because my, when my husband, the day that I was going, the week um, after, before I was going to launch my, um, you know, podcast, Women of Strength TV and podcast, it was like he just dropped the bombshell and it's like, okay, I need oh. to reschedule it. Wow. Um, but it is, you know, that's what the universe does, doesn't it? And I think that's what I love about it, that, it, you know, we, we embrace that change. So fantastic. Yeah. So it's going to be released in July. That's yeah. my, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's yeah. what I'm asking for. That's what I'm praying for. Um, and, uh, and I'm really excited, you know, part of this uh, launch of the course, it does feel like I'm, I'm birthing a new child. You know, last yes. year when I launched Bridging Consciousness, I thought that was my big entree into the world, but I feel like I'm going through it again. And as part of my efforts, it just really is getting out there in a way where I can help people rethink what goodbyes mean and yeah. create a new dialogue around change and transitions, not only personally, but also professionally. And, you know, my motivation to really uh, use my own platform as a place to help affect positive change uh, has gotten me really excited. And so the book is, is the entry to that whole process, but also um, I'm going to be creating an online course uh, to really supplement the learnings of the good goodbye, and uh, I do see this as a series of different books and offerings that I can give to people to help them in all those areas where we get really stuck. You know, it's the breakups, it's death of a loved one, it's mm -hmm. loss of a pet, or having to move homes, all the way to looking at you know how organizations deal with change and transitions from yeah. layoffs, mergers, acquisitions, or even like in my case, having to close a, an organization down. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds phenomenal. There's a, yeah, like you said, that there's a big, big world out there for you to um, conquer. So now before we say our goodbyes, is there one little gem that you could leave our phenomenal women who are listening to this that they, you know, they could use um, around if they're having to say goodbye or something's ending for them? What little gem would you leave them with? Hmm. Trust your heart. Yeah. You know, through, through everything that I've been through, uh, through all the losses and the changes that I've gone through, the, the thing that comes up every single time is I don't know what the hell to do, right? Yeah. And then that natural next tendency of being human, which is I need to figure it all out right now. Yeah. And then our mind goes into overdrive of yeah. trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future so that we can control our exposure to any more pain, hopefully minimize it or completely avoid it. Yeah. And once that starts happening, you know, so kind of for, for all your viewers, if you're in the middle of a change right now, or maybe even contemplating a change that you know needs to happen for you to feel more fulfilled in life, and you're finding yourself stuck. So you're, you're obsessing about it. You're ruminating it about it. You can't find clarity as to what to do next. My, my biggest offering that I hope the book communicates is to really go back to, to your heart. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest to get to when your mind is so full of noise, but yeah. it's that quiet voice that tells you you're not happy or that voice inside that says, this doesn't feel right. Maybe it's a, an ache in your belly or it's a knot in your back, but these are all signs that your emotional well-being is off kilter and your responsibility becomes how do you just recalibrate in a way to bring a feeling of comfort, security, and protection to your own self. 
And the best way that I've learned through all the work that I've done, not only as a clinical psychologist, but also the healing journey that I went on personally for over 15 years with different therapists and healers, it's when you go back to your heart, that's where your healing salve is at. Mm-hmm. Your heart is what gives you compassion. Your heart is what offers gratitude. Your yeah. heart is what lends forgiveness. Your heart is what gives you insight into what you're needing, that part of you that's scared Mm -hmm. or the part of you that doesn't know what's going to happen in the future and you feel like you need to control everything. Your heart gives you access to those parts of you that are really needing your love the most so that you can surrender into not knowing, but trust that regardless of what happens, you will be better for it. You will thrive through it and you will rise above. And that all for me, it's, it's all come from my heart. So that would be my, my biggest offering to anybody going through a change right now or contemplating a change or even knowing that they're grieving something from the past that they still haven't been able to accept. Yeah, thank you. I love that. Yeah, listen to your heart because it is the only truth, isn't it? The mind never tells us the truth. <laughs> it tells us convenient variations. Yeah, too many stories going on. <laughs> Now that's wonderful. Now, where can our amazing ladies find you? So if they want to make contact with you, how could they do that? Sure. So my website is www.bridging-consciousness.com. So there is a little, a little dash in between bridging and consciousness. And uh, when you go there, you can learn more about me and my story. There's also a page dedicated to the Good Goodbye book. So you can learn a little bit more about the book itself. And uh, there's also an opportunity to subscribe so that you stay in the loop, not only with different things that I'm offering and the book when it's going to actually be released, but I also uh, invite other uh, guest experts in different areas of personal growth and development to offer their best insights. And that's a big part of What's so important for me is that when I know something works, I can't help but share it. When I love what another person's message is, I want the world to know. And bridging consciousness for me is is a way to be able to bring awareness to different ways that we can navigate life with more ease um, by bringing in a community of people that know they're here to change the world positively and make a difference in the lives of others. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you so, so much, Dr. Gladys. This has been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Um, Thank you. And I can't wait for your book to come out. So I will, yeah, keep an eye out for that. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I loved speaking with you and uh, just love how much commonality we have in terms of what we're doing. So let's let's keep doing it and make it. Let's keep doing it. Absolutely. And to all the listeners and viewers out there, all the information that you need to be able to contact Dr. Gladys and be on the waiting list for the book to arrive will be at the bottom of this recording. So once again, thank you for listening and thank you to Dr. Gladys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.